Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 87, Ghostbusters from 1984. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back! Now, we've got a fantastic episode talking about one of my all-time favourites and an absolute classic. Now... Before I introduce my incredible co-host on this episode, let's check out the trailer for Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Got your stick? Hold! Heat him up! Smoke him! Make him hard! Ready! Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined by Valley's hip-hop legend himself, the one, the only, Mr. Leighton Winston. How the devil are you, sir? What? <laughs> Hip-hop legend? <laughs> Mate, I can barely speak. Never mind rap. <laughs> I was going to say the vanilla ice of, uh, of Aberdeer, but I thought, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Heaping praise on me already. <laughs> Just people now going, Valley's hip-hop legend. You can see them YouTuber now looking for you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> Valley's new sense, perhaps. But, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say hip hop. Hip hop. Where did that come from, man? I don't know. I've been up since six o'clock this morning, so um, I'm like, I think I'm like five coffees in. Oh, right. So I'll that's, be crying. Good to know. I'll be I'll be crying in ten minutes. It'll <laughs> like the kids. <laughs> You'll be crying in a minute if you don't calm down. Anyway, <laughs> we are talking. I think it's fair to say a film that is 
very near and dear to our hearts. Um, Definitely. And actually, it is the first film that I ever saw in the cinema. No way, is it really? Yeah, 1984. Oh, my God. Get out, man. Merthyr Cinema. Funny enough, that's where I saw it as well. Yeah, yeah. Merthyr <laughs> Cinema, 1984. Um, I can't believe they tore... I still... It still pains me that they tore that building down. Well... I mean, probably health and safety. If somebody had removed a bit of gaffer tape around the back of the building, it would have fallen down at some point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I saw it there too. Um, yeah, are we going to tell the people what it is? But they yeah. probably know because they've probably read the title. Probably, already, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are talking Ghostbusters from 1984. 84. Oh man, this film, this oh. film. Um, I've, I think this is one of those films that falls into everybody loves it. Everybody loves Ghostbusters. Yeah, and I think if you don't, you're dead inside. Absolutely. Um, it I mean, even as a, even a, even even as an eight year old, I remember it being a total phenomenon. Um, yeah. That iconic logo that was ev- everywhere, yeah. absolutely yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, it, for me, probably the same for you. Who it was our first introduction to Bill Murray. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Is. We were a little bit too young to sort of appreciate um, the films that sort of went before uh, your stripes, your um, Caddyshack, yeah. yeah, you know, things like that. Um, speaking of Caddyshack, though, not for me. I haven't seen it again. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. I need to go back no. and, and have a little look at it. No, I, I watched it about two years ago, something. I hadn't seen it ever, to be honest with you. Not for me, not for me. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I, there are a couple. I mean, I mean, Animal House is just is all timer. Is just oh, it's just phenomenal, isn't it? You know, you know and then we get all timer. Like, then we get into the Blues Brothers, and we get into like you know, we get into you know, Stripes. Stripes is just yeah. It's, it's stripes, just, it, stripes is really, really, really good. Yeah, really good. And at least we forget Bill Barry was in Tootsie as well. Just yes. just before this, just yes. before this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were that little bit too young to sort of fully engage and understand. But what I always take away from Ghostbusters, even relatively young, this is this is the Bill Murray show. Oh, God, yeah. And you've got to sort of give your props to the writers of the film, at least we forget. Dan Aykroyd and Harold yeah. Ramis sort of taking a step back and go, Bill, it's over to you. And him going supernova. Yeah. Least we forget, Bill Murray gave up acting after the success of the yes. film for five years. He did, yeah. It took it was a Scrooge was his first film that he made when he came yes. back. Or Scrooge. Yes. Scrooged. Yeah. All timer again. Oh god. And, and all timer. Dick Donner. People forget Dick Donner directed yeah. Scrooge. Like Yeah. The man yeah. who gave us the man who gave us Goonies and Superman and yeah. Lethal Weapon and Damien the old man, get yeah. scrooged. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, this, I mean, like, you know, this was directed by Ivan Reitman. Uh, it was produced by Ivan Reitman. It was written by Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Harold Ramis, and Ivan Reitman um, because they went away to Martha's Vineyard to sort of work on, on, on the script because originally this was um, a project that Aykroyd had been developing with him and uh, James Belushi to do. 
um, but his like original script had it set in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very weird background to it because yeah. um, obviously Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd were alumni of the Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. along with um, Harold Ramis to, yeah. to an extent. Um, they came up through the second, oh, what's it called in Chicago, the theatre group. Uh, second, second City. City. Second City, along with, like, yeah. again, with, like, and we're coming to the cast, like Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah. City, yeah. 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 And um, I don't know whether you've seen it, but there's a documentary out now, Belushi, about. I haven't John seen Belushi. it yet. I am, I am desperate to oh, watch it. Oh, my God. What a, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, to me, it's what a documentary you should do. It should educate you, surprise you. Tell you something you didn't know originally and affect you emotionally. That it takes all of those boxes. It's really, really, really quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yet it, the Bill Murray role was meant to be John Belushi. Yeah. You know, as Peter Venkman. And whilst you know, death prevented that, yeah. Bill Murray would always be Dr. Peter Venkman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know. It's crazy, you know. Murray just owns the screen oh. by being a by being a lazy, a lazy and cantankerous penis. At yeah. times, doesn't he? In the, I, I mean, I mean, from the very beginning, from the very first, you know. I mean, we'll come on to we'll come on to like the, you know the, obviously the opening of this film, which is just mm. it's just I lo- this is probably one of the best openings of any. It's one of my favorite openings of any film. Um, yeah. But you know, the first time we meet him and he's conducting um the uh negative effects of um was it negative reinforcement on people's psychic ability and he's just shocking that poor guy so that he can sort of you know, he, he can he can he can snag a date with that with the with the girl that's in there. Questionable teacher student relationship yes. there. And I love aside. and there's a brilliant line in there where he's going, it's okay. And he shocked him, and he said, it's okay. Only 75 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> I like him when he shocks him, and his, his, his chewing gum falls out as yes. well. Because of the, 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 the uh, propulsion of electricity coursing yeah. through him, isn't it? And he goes, oh, and he spits it out. And what I like about the line is, he goes, uh, you're getting paid, yeah, $5. And it's like, $5? And the best part, he says, and he says, you can keep your $5. And he goes, I will. <laughs> It's class. Oh, class. It's, it's and class. It, however, and it's sort of that, that sort of deadpan, um, clearly a very and, and like you know, and when they get kicked out of the university, and they got the dean of the university is there, and he sort of lists all of the reasons why he's a poor scientist, and he's you know, and, and he says you know, and he, to finish up, he goes, in conclusion, you are a very very poor scientist, and he replies, but the kids love us. it's it's um yeah yeah like but like i say i'm going going back it is a case of bill murray pushed to the fore isn't it yes um yeah you are going to you're gonna you're gonna be the batter you know we're gonna give you the lines you're gonna knock him out of the park yeah yeah every single time yeah i mean the rest of the cast you know you got bill murray as peter vegman you've got dan akroy as ray stance sigourney weaver and people forget how funny and good sigourney weaver is in this her timing is superb 
yeah. as Dana Barrett. You've got Harold Ramis as Egon Spengler. You've got Rick Moran. Rick fucking Moranis is just, is magic. Because originally they were going to cast John Candy. Well, in the, really? Yeah, they were going to cast John Candy in the role. And John, Can- John Candy wanted to give the, the character a German accent. And then he had this like idea that he should always have two sausage dogs with him at all time. Right. I've I've read a book um, called Wild and Crazy Guys by Nick Dissemblian. Yeah. Um, about the late, well, but mid 70s up to the late 80s, about all of these guys. Yeah. And Ed, Eddie Murphy, John Candy, yeah. Belushi, et al. Mm. About, you know, how, how they sort of crisscrossed across each other. Chevy Chase as well. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I seem to recall reading about um, John Candy being considered or in there or thereabouts with yeah. Ghostbusters. But, yeah. um, but then they went with Rick that's, Moranis. That's a great book. Yeah. 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 Um, and you got, um, you know, Annie Potts. Annie Potts is brilliant. Is absolutely brilliant as the secretary in this, as Janine. Yeah. She is absolutely, she's superb. She's superb. And then you got Ernie Hudson um, as yeah. Winston, and then yeah. you've got, and I think he's such an underrated part in this is William Atherton. William oh. Atherton is fucking brilliant in this. Walter Peck. Yes, yes. Oh, Walter Pecker, as yes. he's called yeah. by, at one point. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you get the great line, don't you? It is true. This man has no dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and. Least we forget, he reprises a similar nebbish role in Die Hard. Yes, he does. Yes, and and is it Die Hard two? Yeah, Die Hard two. Di- oh Di- no, he's in Die Hard one, one as well. Is yeah, because he's he's the, yeah. he's the reporter, isn't he? And That's then in the second one, he ends up being stuck on the plane with her after she punched him. Yeah. Yeah, and she, the, she has a restraining order, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but I, rem- I remember reading an article. He almost found it very difficult to get work after those roles. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was he was unintentionally typecast as being this complete arsehole. Yeah. That's the only sort of roles he was ever offered. Yeah. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. But he's 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 brilliant. He's he a is superb brilliant. character actor. Uh, you know, let's look at them, you know, before we dive in, you know, people always automatically talk about the score or, or the, the you know, the theme tune to this. But actually, the score for this is by Elmer Bernstein. Amazing, and it's wonderful. It's it's, it's brilliant, and I've actually that is one of my notes. People do not give enough credit to the original score for this film. It's Never brilliant. mind the pop soundtrack. It's it's amazing, and least you forget, it's actually is is inserted into the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially after the. Um, uh, the the containment field blows up yeah. and everything is released. You've got that 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 song "Magic" is called. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Elmer Burstein's score going underneath there. Yeah. So it's still running concurrently. And, it, and it's, it's, it's just, fantastic. It's almost ethereal. The score you get lots of these strings and these ghostly. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, let's we'll come on to that that scene in the library. That the music that under the scores that 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 moves through that scene is just wonderful. It is just absolutely magic. It does have the classic horror movie staples as well. Oh, of course it, it does. Just the, you know the creepy strings, the theremin being used yeah, every now yeah, and again. Yeah. Um, 
and you do get the stabs as well. Like, you know, oh, God, yeah, the stingers moments. are in there. You're, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I can honestly say this is probably my gateway drug into horror. Probably, yeah. Because this is my gateway you, drug. Yeah, but at least you forget. This is a scary film. So, when, Sigourney, like, when Sigourney Weaver fucking floated up off that bed, I was fucking up and out of my seat as a kid. You know. Yeah, I remember when I went to see it in the cinema as a kid, um, I think people in school with me had been to see it and said, the beginning is terrifying. And there's a part later on with an armchair. And yeah, God, I yes! Being, I, remember, I remember being in the cinema and that's, that library scene shite myself yes and especially the armchair scene and what i love about that i know you're saying about comic timing sigourney weavers oh shit yes literally just as the arm comes through right and i remember it being terrifying oh god yeah genuinely scary and i think there's very few occasions in life where you're actually watching something where it gets you that enveloped in it and actually genuinely scares you oh god yeah absolutely and that you know and as I've got old, I think I've not gone a year since, you know, I probably watched this film at least two, three times a year. Well. Two, three times a year. We... And every single time, it's I still jump. I'm yeah. still totally, I'm still totally engrossed by it. It's it's almost not too dissimilar to the head and the boat in Jaws, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. You know, it, you know it's coming. Yeah. You know it's coming every single time. Yeah. And you still shit your pants. Yeah. Still. I mean, the other person who does an amazing job in this is the cinematographer, uh, Lazario Kovacs. Um, and I've butchered I'm his gl- first I'm, name. I'm, I'm glad you pronounced it because I couldn't. So. The, the, his work in this is just phenomenal. It is just top, top draw stuff. It's... Look, the... City of New York lends itself so much to cinema as oh, we God, as yeah. we're all as we're all well aware. What a lot of people don't realise is that this film was filmed in New York and LA. Yeah, yeah. The, in, the, in, the interior of Ghostbusters HQ is not the interior you no, you, no, yeah. you see on screen. It's totally different. It's a, a soundstage or somewhere. I think it's a, a, an actual fire station in LA. Yes, to use the interiors for, but. You know to the, what? What he what the the shots that he gets? Yeah, I and mean, there is an awful lot of matte painting in this picture. Mate. There is, there is a lot of matte. But, there is, yeah. But you know, you know, Spook Central. As we I've, to anybody who's been to New York will tell you, it doesn't look like that. No, because they added quite a bit on top of it. Yeah, from from twenty stories up, that's yeah. not there. <laughs> I mean, um, but um, Kovacs, he, unfortunately, he sadly died in two thousand seven. He passed away, but he'd worked, you know, he's worked with um, Peter Bogdanovich. He worked with Scorsese. Um, I mean, he is, this guy is just a phenomenal, phenomenal, you know, he did, like I said, we got Ghostbusters in there. You've got, uh, he did the last movie, Easy Rider. Um, you know, he, he did everything from like, you know, we've got Kiss Me Quick in there. Um, however, my favorite film of his, he's got two in there. And one of them is Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. And the next Karate Kid. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think I've seen... No, I haven't seen either of those films. i got to be honest with you, Leighton. Your life is so much richer for it. I rest my case. There we are. 
But his work in this is just is stunning. It is absolutely stunning. And, you know, when we get, you know, when we get into the nuts and bolts of it and we get that scene in the library. Now, the best part for me was obviously my mother worked in Aberdeen Library. <laughs> and yes. for weeks after seeing this, she would not go down into the basement of the library. <laughs> She would not go down. She wouldn't go. She wouldn't go anywhere near it. But that's you know when we look at it because the outside is the New York Library, is the New York yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. But the inside yeah. is the LA Library. They did, they did, they did a short. Um, it was, it was, they were only allowed to shoot for an hour. Yeah they, in yeah. The morning. So, so yeah. Ten o'clock. So when you see her in the morning, uh, see her walk pushing her trolley at the beginning. That's New York. When she goes down the stairs, there's a cut. And then she is in, um, she's in the library. She's in LA now. That scene where she walks past and the books just fly past, just go past. That is, it's really simple, practical effect. Yeah, all on wires. Yeah, yeah. But it works so well, along with Elmer Bernstein's score, though. Yeah, going yeah, through goes yeah. past as she's putting it, and then obviously it starts amping up, and then you get the cards flying out, and then you get the moment where she goes around the corner, and you you see the it's a it's a light, it is yeah. a very bright light and a wind machine. Yeah, yeah, Rudim, rudimental filmmaking one oh one. Yeah, oh, it's, it's and it's and the the the, the and the, the the music edit then to the theme song with the, the drums yeah, building up do, 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 perfection yeah timed to absolute perfection yeah and then you yeah. know obviously we get the scene then where we you know obviously we we talked about is you know where Bill Murray's hitting on the girl and he's you know he's, he's sort of essentially trying he's, he's performing electroshock therapy on that poor guy to sort of pick her up and then Dan Aykroyd comes into the room just completely ruins everything and is oblivious what, to it what what i what i love about dan Aykroyd in this is he's he's a bit bashful isn't he yeah he's bashful yeah and as, as i attest to he, he does take the step back but the thing is he's the scientist along with egon yes you know, Ray Ray is a dedicated scientist. Everything is given that practical thought, that yeah. practical process. And well, like Sigourney Whereas... Weaver describes him, you know, you're more like a game show host. <laughs> yeah. yeah, back off, man. I'm a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, Ray, um... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd is bash. He is bashful. You know, yeah. And... There's a he's, childlike he's, quality to him. Yes, it's the, it's it's the sliding down the fire escape. Yes, yeah, then the the, 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 the the fireman's pole. Yeah, the picking up of the car. This is great. This building. Yeah, yeah. In. It's enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. Completely. Completely. And you know, but he's. I don't think people sort of give Ackroyd enough credit as an actor, do they? No. I don't know whether perhaps he isn't considered as he's a he's a he's he's, he's a tremendous comedic actor, but I don't think as an actor actor. No, I, I mean look at him in Gross been... Point Blank. <coughs> he's amazing. He's amazing in Gross Point Blank. He's completely unhinged. I mean, <coughs> you know, he is a 
you know, he is a. I think sometimes I think obviously Ackroyd outside of you know he's very much into ghosts. And, oh yes! Oh yes! 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 And yes, he yes. believes. That, I mean, the interview with him and Joe Rogan is amazing. It is incredible because he just you know he, he he's into it all. And like it like the inspiration for Ghostbusters came about from his own family who were all ghosts, yes. ghosts and paranormal enthusiasts. And his his grandfather was the one who wrote the book. Yes, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, it, it, or his father, his father, grandfather. I think it's his grandfather. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but you know this is the, and I mean you can see this in terms of like and there's a brilliant part in the commentary where Harold Ramis is talking about how he would like make sure that everybody had the terms right and the, and sort of the free roaming vapor and you know those kind of things um, yeah because isn't Tobin's spirit guide a, an actual book yes it is yeah or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or based on an actual book there is, and they have to there's, change... there's quite a bit of it there is quite a bit of yeah there's quite a bit of that in there and it's all based around various different things. Tobin Spirit Guide, those kind of things going about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But there's, there's brilliant moments in this. And <coughs> what I love is when they're in the, the you know, they're walking through the, uh, walking through the, through the library, and that when the bookcase falls behind them, and he says to him, first time. And he doesn't say anything. He, doesn't, he, he just, just, nods. just nods, just nods his head. <laughs> But then you see when they confronted with the ghost, that when they are confronted for the ghost, just before that, yeah, just before that, we have one of the lines of the movie. Oh, I quote this all the time. Listen, do you smell something? Yeah, <laughs> I quote this all the time, uh, all the time. And what I what I love is if if you look at um, Bill Murray and Harold yeah. miss behind them. They sort of do a, a look to each other. Yes. When he because when he stops dead, doesn't he? Yeah. Goes, Listen, do you smell something? And they sort of look at each other ever so slightly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another moment which we'll come we'll talk about later in the film that I hadn't seen ever in all the times that I've ever watched it. But we'll come to that later. Now, you see them when they get, when they meet the ghost and they're all there looking at each other, and they don't know <clears> what to do. <laughs> They don't know what to do. They, 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 all their dreams have come, to, you know, come to fruition, and yeah, they don't know yeah. what to do. So then, um, they, they they sort of like creep off to the side, and then you know, Ackroyd's car. You know, uh, <laughs> Ackroyd goes, "I got a plan," and you see them. And they go, "Stay with me, stay close." And he goes, "Get her." <laughs> oh, brilliant. There's another one that we haven't talked about is when they interview poor Alice. Oh, God. I was scared. Oh, Bill, Bill, Bill. Yeah. Is, is there a history of mental illness in your family? And, <laughs> uh, interesting fact, when she says, my, I had an uncle who thought I was St. Jerome. St. Jerome is the patron saint of librarians. <laughs> and he goes, That's a yes. And, then... uh, and he goes, Alice, are you menstruating right now? <laughs> Is that gonna do with the ghost, man? <laughs> well, oh, dear, dear, oh, dear, dear. I, it just. And he said, and this, this, this is the, this is the first, not even ten minutes of it. No, no, no. And it's just, it's just you know. And then the fact, the way in which that they run out of the library, screaming. 
absolutely <laughs> screaming. You get a classic runaway, isn't it? And the sudden slowdown by Dan Aykroyd when he does a comedy turn. Yeah. You know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, it's, and then it's you know, it's I mean, one of my favorite lines in this is where they they realize that they can make some money out of this, and Bill Murray is like, you know, sort of, this is happening whether the other two like it or not, and they come yeah. out of the bank, yeah. and he says to him, "You're never going to regret this, Ray." And he's saying, "You know, my parents left me that house. I was born in this house." He says, "It's not uncommon for people to have three mortgages." <laughs> <laughs> that's a very 80s line that yeah, is, isn't it like, very very 80s and like <laughs> and Egon then works out the interest rate and he said your first interest payments comes at $92,000 uh, it's, it's, it's magic isn't it? and I think the introduction then of Sigourney Weaver into the fold yes is is brilliant you know Fit Plater, that apartment in you know, which is Central Park, by the way. Yeah. In, you know, prime Manhattan real estate. Fabulous view. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And the infamous eggs cooking on the counter. Yeah, I mean that scene is you know it's creepy. It is really yeah. creepy, and what and this is the, and it's only kind of dawned on me watching it um, again. This kind of delves into like almost sort of Lovecraftian cosmic horror. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know the the other dimension, uh, other dimensions yeah. introduced, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and with the world is introduced to the world Zool. Yes, scream, screamed by a terror dog. Yes, yeah. we forget inside her fridge, inside her fridge at the top of a pyramid temple yeah. type effort. Isn't of course it, you it know? is. Yeah, with all that. Purple and yellow and you know green swirling shit and yeah. everything. Yeah, uh, but no wonder she got the hell out of there. Oh, absolutely! But I love how this you get these peak, peak, peak comedy moments, and then you come back down and you get the, you get these horror moments. Yeah, um, and then you get you, and then we get the time where you know Ray pulls up then in the car, yeah. and he says to him, "How much did it cost?" And he says, "Oh, you know." Four thousand eight hundred, and he said, "You know, it needs a bit of work." And then lists everything that is wrong with the car. Yeah, but do you know when he tells him he's only he says he's only four thousand eight hundred? Yeah. It's it's Bill Murray's face when it's like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, it's, yeah. it's almost it's almost eyes in the end of a stalk, isn't yeah. it? Almost, yeah. And he says, "What he needs, he needs new brakes, new brake pads, new brake discs, new wheels, the back suspension. the base suspension, the big end." Like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Brill, brill, you know, brill, brill. But I got to be honest, you know, when they sort of set up, you know, the the the, the, the business in its infancy. They have got the shittest sign outside. Oh, it's ever. terrible, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. And I love and... the fact that it's Bill Murray's line there. He's going, "You don't think it's too subtle?" <laughs> and it's uh, any phone calls, Janine? No. Yeah. <laughs> Any visitors, Janine? No. Type something, will you? We're paying for this. <laughs> you give me the bug eyes. <laughs> Janine, I'm sorry about the bug eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, Sigourney Weaver walks in and he pops up like a meerkat. Uh, and his foot clips the swing door as yes. he jumps over it. Yes. 
I mean, it, it is it is a phenomenal, phenomenal moment. And like the fact that when, you know, the second that she's upstairs and she's talking to them, they've got her plugged into something. <laughs> Just like, like scanning yeah. her brain. Yeah, yeah. But we also get the line just before that. I collect spores, moles, and fungus. <laughs> Print is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and Egon, Egon uh, gives has a couple of those lines throughout the film. Yes. Um, there's one later on when they get up to the top of Spook Central and they get to the floor they're meant to be on. And, you know, they've just climbed however yeah. many flights is there, 20 or whatever it is. And the first thing he says as he gets out is, oh, Art Deco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even in the library where he says, and this is and this is one of the, lots of these lines are ad libs. And yes, yes. The one yeah. thing that I love about the line where he says, "The Egon, this reminds me of the time where you went to drill a hole through your head," and he replies, <laughs> "That would have worked if you'd let me," which is an ad lib, but the the fact that they left the camera running for that just for that is just shows that they knew exactly what they were getting into. The actors yeah. had room to play. It's a yeah. great, it's it's a brilliant moment. It is a brilliant, yeah. brilliant moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, is it then you get the introduction of Louis Tully after? What, oh, no, 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 no. It's before. No, no, Bill Murray. It's b- before. Just before, yeah, just yeah. before. Um, and Rick Moranis um, famously is retired for a number of years. Doesn't yeah, he? he's recently come back to do a few little bits. Yes. It, it, weirdly, he did an advert for... A mobile phone company with Ryan Reynolds, didn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, and that was largely down to Ryan Reynolds, uh, at least we forget. Um, but he uh, tragically lost his wife, didn't he? He did, um, yeah. Yeah, sadly he did, yeah. And she was she was quite young at the time as yes. well. yeah. So he, he gave up. He's, he, he pretty much retired, gave up acting. Um, he still lives in New York, though. He still lives in Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, I you um, know, one of the things that I love about his character is his tracksuit is too short for him. <laughs> I love the fact that the, the party that he has, oh. he actually says, I invited clients rather than friends. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, how many friends have you actually got? Is it, it? And like, the, the, the two people who arrive, that arrive just before it all goes haywire. Is it Ted? Ted Ted and And his opening line is, Ted has got the carpet cleaning business in receivership. <laughs> And he talks about their mortgage, yeah. you know. <laughs> They've got two years left. <laughs> really? That's, yeah. that's the topic of conversation. Yeah. Uh, oh, class, and like, the fact that he opens the door and just throws their jacket in and it's on top of the, the this massive terror dog's head <laughs> just sort of sat on the bed. Uh, but you know. um, Bill Murray's going into Dana's apartment for the first time. Yes. Yeah. With that sniffing device thing, is yeah. you know that he doesn't know what it does or how just, it works. Just pumping the pumping the handle on it. Yeah, and he goes a lot of space, a lot of space, and he's like tinkling the keys. <laughs> they hate this, <laughs> and ever since that's the first thing I've ever done. If I've come across a piano, ever since I saw that film <laughs> for the first time, first thing we ever do. They hate this, and he opens the he opens the goes to the fridge. And he opens that fridge and then that that time in on him and he goes, Oh my god. 
look at all this junk food. Do you eat? And, he, and he's pulling bits out, and it's just. And the the massive irony is every time you see the Ghostbusters eat, they're always eating junk food, yeah, and drinking yeah. beer and smoking all the time, and smoke, yeah, constantly smoking. chain smoking. It's like Dan Aykroyd's yeah. character has a cigarette hanging from his mouth, pretty much throughout this film. Well, at the end of it, after they've done everything, they've, they're all having a celebratory cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I but, mean. Uh, but you're saying about that Dan Aykroyd hanging from the mouth, the Slimer moment. Oh. When he walks around the corner and he's got the, the, that goggle the thing night on his head. night vision goggles. Yeah, and he, that, that cigarette, and it's it's not a special effect, it's not a practical effect. No. That is just that cigarette hanging on there for dear life, and it's there for the duration. Yeah. Now, the, from that moment, because <coughs> we get this the first time that we get to see them in action, when they come into that moment, when they come in there. And that's, again, that scene is just phenomenal. It is phenomenal comedy timing from the very moment that they're sat there eating their Chinese food. Yes. And then Janine takes the phone call and she says, you do? You have? You have? And it's like, <laughs> really? And, oh, no, no, of course they'll be subtle. And she screams, <laughs> we got one. And there's, there's alarm bells going. They get it. And then they see the car. And they obviously, they sped the shot up. Yeah. Because the car yeah. comes flying <clears throat> out of there. Sirens yeah. blazing. And then they show up at the hotel. All Please kitted say. out. <laughs> Anybody seen a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> but the, the three of them just walking through with all this stuff on, with with all of this equipment, none, they clearly don't know what they're doing. And then you see, Rick, you know, Dan Aykroyd's character. Yes, sir. No problem. We do this all the time. Attaching his goggles to the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> what are you? What are you guys? Uh, there's a pretty big bug up on uh, seventeen uh, going in. I'll take the next one. That guy, you're the lift, you know. And they're all there, and he goes, "Yeah, what could go wrong when each of us has a, has an unlicensed nuclear reactor on our back?" <laughs> he farts, doesn't he? Yeah, in the in the lift, yeah, and he sort of moves to the side of it. But they turn it on. Nice. They turn on yeah. their. Uh, they turns the thing on. And he goes, Ooh, "That sound, though, that sound of it." That 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 sound to me. Is as iconic as a lightsaber firing up. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That that ding. Yeah, it's 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 burnt. It's you know it's iconic. You know instantly what that sound is. You know, and within sec, and the fact that you know the the amount of damage <laughs> they cause. Oh, in the ballroom. <laughs> yeah, and you could, and they're all stood out. And it, again, it goes back to Ivan Reitman knowing how to direct comedy and how to yes. shoot comedy. And, yes. you know, and the fact that it cuts from the absolute destruction <laughs> that is going on inside that ballroom to the outside. And he's trying to sort of calm <laughs> Mrs. Van Outen. I'm sh- and, I, and I can assure you that the room will be ready for you and your guests at nine o'clock. And then it cuts to, and they are throwing a table. Wait, 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 wait. I've always wanted to do this. 
and he pulls the tablecloth. The flowers are still standing. It's just bang and smell, you know. And I mean, we have jumped ahead here, but obviously you get the great slime moment. Yes. Um, yes. And again, yeah. yes, you know, we see Slimer, you know, and in terms of how that, you know, that that's a combination of practical and, um, you know, various other little sort of, uh, you know, optical optical uh, optical effects that they have there it's not you know obviously there's no cgi but we get some optical you know it's, it's an optical effect along with 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 practical but you see slimer charge in towards bill murray and yeah. then it, you know, the fact that he slime when you know and he's he slimed me which is just <laughs> an iconic it's now iconic it is it an is. iconic line it is one of it you is. know it is a gr- it's just something that is now burnt into pop culture you know, um, yeah, and you know, I don't know if you ever, as a kid, played. It was a Ghostbusters video game. The Commodore sixty four. Commodore sixty four. Yeah, yeah. And if you hit the space bar, when the, between the levels, yeah. hit the space bar, the game would say in a very poor digitized voice, but clearly wasn't Bill Murray. He slammed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that scene. <clears throat> Where you know this, and they finally capture him. But before you get all that, you know they they're just burning holes through walls, you know. But the that, chandelier, the chandelier. <laughs> but it's shot, and it's 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 a it's a brilliant wide shot of Slimer going round the chandelier, and then you get that first they, the the first one catches him, and then the, the other the beam catches him, and then they get the trap underneath, and then it the timing on it where he goes zoop. Yeah, and he's in there. It beeps. Yeah, and it's silent. And then you got Murray yeah. going, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" Just nudging hey. it. It's just, it's phenomenal. And then from there, obviously, you know, they realise that there is a sort of you know the escalation, and it's you you get the sort of the the news report. Yes, the news report done by you know Scooby Doo's voice himself, Mister Casey Kasem. Missy Casey uh, Casey Kasem. Um, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, at a, was it at a nightclub where they uh, duked it out with a pesky poltergeist and then danced the night away. <laughs> Speaking of dancing. Yeah. The blonde lady in Lewis's apartment in the party. Yes. Perhaps if we start dancing. Yes. That's Casey Kasem's wife. <laughs> that's awesome. Is, I did not know Casey that. Casey that, is, wife, yeah. that is yeah. an awesome yeah. piece of trivia. Now, because I th- um, what's his face's uh, voice you hear as well? Uh, oh no, he's interviewed. He's interviewing Ray. Um, oh, the famous um, King, Larry King. The fa- Larry King. Larry King is there as well, isn't he? Yeah, and well, yeah, Larry King does like this radio show. He's doing his, and again, he's smoking. Yeah, he is smoking yeah, throughout. Right. It. And yeah. then you get yeah. like, yeah. and then there's another interview. There's another interview with with. Is it Dan Aykroyd or is Dan Aykroyd being interviewed? It's, yeah. yeah and he says, um, as they say in the business, yeah. have you seen Elvis and how is he doing? <laughs> what I like, if the camera lingers on his face slightly because you can see... Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's class. It's class. This is... And I mean, obviously, we start once... once the, 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 you know, the, the events are set in motion... If this film is like I think it's you know it's a hundred it's nearly two hours long, it's nearly two hours, but one hundred and five minutes I think, in total. Um, but I don't think it's that long, who, if I'm honest. It's one hundred and five minutes. Is it? Yes, one hundred and five minutes. 
I mean, it flies. This absolutely flies. Oh. And, you know, once we get into the whole Zool and, um, and the Walter Peck character entering um, and the, the, the containment field, which is, an, um, is, is again, is one of my favourite tropes where we got Chekhov's gun when he starts talking about the Twinkie. <laughs> when he talks about the Twinkie and things. And, I, you know, that is a brilliant moment where he's, you know, what he says, what's it like in there? And he says it's crowded. So we know something is going to happen. We yes. know it's going to happen. And, yes. you know, the, where, you know, you get the escalation, you get Walter Peck arriving and him and Bill Murray, Bill Murray and William Atherton duking it out in that scene is brilliant. Where yeah. he says to him, you know, uh, no, you can't see the container. <laughs> and he says, why? And he says, because you did not say the magic word. <laughs> and you know, you, you, the right word there is duking it out because Walter Peck's an arsehole. Yeah. Um, Peter Venkman can be an arsehole, which we've seen, you know, repeatedly. Yeah. But the thing is, out of the two of them, you're always rooting for... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because of that that total movie star wattage that he's that he's just blowing off the screen, isn't he? Yeah, know? and I mean I think when you, I mean if you look at Bill Murray, he is not your conventional leading looking leading man. Absolutely not. No. No. And when you look at him stood next to Sigoni Weaver, who is like some kind of Amazon you know she she is she is a goddess isn't she yeah she is she is a beautiful woman and like beautiful and woman. like the other bit i love is when rick moranis is stood next to her when he's the <laughs> gatekeeper uh, he's the key master and she's yeah. the gatekeeper and yeah. she yeah. grabs hold of him and dips him <laughs> Because she is, yeah. you know, she's really tall. She is exceptionally yeah. tall. Yeah, know? but like, like you say, Bill Murray, you, you, you look, you look, and <clears throat> I think, I think what's what's certainly helped Bill Murray in his career is he always sort of leans into himself. Yeah, and you look at films like. Um, Lost in Translation, you know, when he is playing a movie star. Yeah. Um, Groundhog Day, um, where he is your conventional man on TV, isn't Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, directed by Hal Ramis, least we forget. Yes. Um, and where they famously fell out. Hmm, yeah. In, in making um, Groundhog Day. And didn't speak, rather sadly, for the best part of 20 years. And... It was only when Hal Ramis became very ill that they reconnected. And yeah. I don't know if you're aware, but Harold Ramis um, got struck down with a disease and made him immobile. And basically, he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't walk and talk. And Bill Murray went to see him shortly before he passed away. And they reconnected of a fashion. Um, yeah. And... I always found that quite quite sad because you know they'd known each other for years and yeah, years absolutely. and years, and 
you know, to fall out uh, over arguably one of Bill Murray's most successful films. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's right up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I always found that quite sad, but I, I, I'm glad that they did sort of reconnect yeah. before he passed away. But again, I digress. Going back to Bill Murray, you look at films like um, Rushmore. Yeah. He's, you know, you know, he gets the, the the remarkably attractive younger woman, you know, yeah. and that's down to sheer charisma or a big part of it. What's the Jim Jarmusch film? Um, the Dead Broken Don't... Flowers, I think. Not, no, no, Broken Flowers. I think so, yeah. In... Yeah, I think it's Broken he, Flowers, he, yeah. And then he, he brilliantly, and how they persuaded him to do it, to send himself up in zombie land. Oh, and I that, love the line in that where he says, is there anything you you regret? <laughs> Regrets? Garfield, Garfield. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually, have you seen the second Zombieland film? No, I haven't yet. I haven't. I no, haven't it's, yet. It's, it's good. It's not as good as the original. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another excellent cameo. And if you haven't seen Zombieland, I've spoiled a few tough shit. But there's another cameo. Uh, in the second one that he makes, which is class, is a touch of class in fairness. Okay, okay. I, but, I, um, I'll have to, I'll have to get on it. I will have to get on it. Now, when we're looking at, you know, one of the things that, even though, like you talked about, like um, when Egon walks up the stairs, he goes Art Deco. That building is an amazing piece of set design. Oh yeah, yeah. It Especially, is. I think. Especially when the ghosts attack it and it explodes. Yeah, yeah. Revealing itself to yeah. be a bigger set again. Yeah. And there's one of the best lines in the film in that scene. Stairs, where do they go? <laughs> they go up. <laughs> and they start walking towards it with Bill Murray leading the way. Yeah. And this is what I was coming to earlier. The lightning strikes. Yeah. And he goes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And so he sends Ray up in front of him. When they get to the top, just as the um, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moran yeah. are about to be turned yeah. into terror dogs. I don't know if you've ever noticed, and this is what I'm saying. As they're getting up there and they're getting closer and closer, Bill Murray has got his hand on Dan Aykroyd's back. Yeah. And he's like pushing him in front yeah, of him. Yeah. It's like nudging him forward yeah, all yeah. the time. And I'm like, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I've noticed that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just, it just amplified his um, selfish nature then. Yeah, yeah. That Peter Venkman has, you know. And he says there's a great line when they're, when they're, they're, they're walking up the stairs. Because, you know, they, none of them are like super fit action heroes. Oh, no, no. And they're like, no, 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 no. where are we? We're in the high teens. Well, let me know when I get to 20 so I can throw up. <laughs> and that, you know, and again, that scene, you know, where you've got Zool is yeah. as a fine, finally, a, oh, is, it, is it Goza? No, Goza. Is it Goza? No, Zool. Uh, Zool has appeared, hasn't she? She's appeared. And yeah. um, he goes, go get her, Ray. <laughs> Goes of the Gozerian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gives him this, this, this brilliant speech. And I love the part where he Good says, evening. Goes back to your 
go back to your your go back to your dimension or your <laughs> nearest interdimensional point of, of, of convenience. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> that scene is, you know, and I mean, Gozo was played um, by uh, Slavica uh, Jovan. Um, she she was a gymnast, wasn't she? Yes, she was a gymnast. Now, she's, you know, she's been in quite a few, you know, she was in Body Double. Uh, she was in um, uh, House on the Haunted Hill, the remake. Um, she's, you know, she, she's continued to act, but obviously she hasn't done a massive, but she is so strange looking. She is terrifying. You know, even with those big red eyes attached to her, you know, that scene is. I remember watching it and being really unnerved by her. <laughs> being really unnerved by her. There's um, there's some great behind the scenes photos floating around. <clears throat> of the cast with her. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, she's in like... um. She's like in a nude body bodysuit, yeah, with stocker, bits, stocking, yeah, with yeah. bits of jewelry sort of haphazardly yeah. put on. But it's those contact lenses and the makeup, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and the hair, those red, the red eyes, yeah, and the short, spiky hair, isn't it? You know, yeah, she's a nimble little minx, yeah. isn't she? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it's a great, and you know, and I, one of the things that I, the only sort of one, and I suppose it's a minor, minor, is that Ernie Hudson's character didn't get. Didn't get an, too much to do. It's now. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. Originally, Eddie Murphy was offered the role. Yes, and it was yes, a much, part. much bigger part. Right. And Ernie Hudson talks about this. He says, "You know, I was really, really excited. In fact, he was so excited to do the film, he dropped his fee to be in it. And he had right. like, is is he said as filming progressed, because he was there from day one." Yeah. Uh, or pretty much from day one. But as filming progressed, his role got smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, I think that was as a result of Beverly Hills Cop being the massive success it was. Yeah. Because I think I think everybody else sort of realised, right, well, Bill is our star. We introduce Eddie Murphy into the mix. It's all it, It'd be distracting. And I think the dynamic would have been off. Yes, totally, totally. And great credit to Ernie Hudson, though. He's, he's been quite honest about it, you know, um, yeah. in the years since. And, you know, he does say, well, yeah, I do realise, you know, why it was done for filmmaking purposes. Um, you know, and he's gone on to have his his, his, his own variant successes. Yeah, he, I mean, know? I love him in The Crow. I think he's brilliant in The Crow. He's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. He's, he gives, in The Crow... He gives the levity, doesn't he? The ground, the ground level. Yeah, yeah. And you know, offset against the, you know all the other weird shit that's happening in there. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. And look, you could, you, I do think it is the Lando Calrissian problem, and there's that the, yeah, the token, the token teledactor. Yeah, it's the token black guy, you know, and, and, and you, know, you know, and it it it, it does scream of you know. Oh, we better do this rather than just getting the right people in. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and, and as I said, Unie Hudson has addressed it, you know, quite much more eloquently than myself. And you know, he, he, he and I think this is why he's got much more to do in Ghostbusters too. Yeah, yeah. Much more, although it is the dynamic of Murray, Ackroyd, and Ramis. Yeah, initially. 
Yeah. But um, no, I, I, and Ghostbusters two. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters two is backed by contractual obligation. True. Um, what do you call it? All fur coat and no knickers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all right. In it's fairness. Ghostbusters light, because I think the key <laughs> thing is that obviously they became more interested in selling toys for Ghostbusters yes. two and the tie-in with McDonald's. And yes, yes. All of those ghost things. in the can the was the ghost can. in the can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. you get all of those things, and then but what they did was they toned on the fact that they you know they took out all the smoking. Not that that's a massive part of it. They took out no. the most of the adult humor in it. Um, you certainly don't get a ghost giving a blowjob. No, in Ghostbusters do. No, no, do not get that. You you know don't get me wrong. There's some striking imagery in it. There's some really but but again, it doesn't feel. It does feel like back by contractual obligation. We're paying, you know, and and everybody got got paid a bit more, and the sets yes. are bigger, and you know, the, yes. But and the, the 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 sponsorship was out to the arse in yes. the film as well. I mean, I mean, they had a fucking Bobby Brown soundtrack. You know what I mean? Is that, uh... Yeah, he actually made a cameo in it as well oh, as the bellboy who lets them in. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's got it's got bits about it I like. Um, I think P- Peter Nickel is a very game, very yeah. game actor in it. In fairness to him, yeah. especially the creepy, creepy nanny ghost thing. Yeah, yeah, with the yeah, pram. yeah, yeah. And I love this. The, one of my favorite moments in it is when the lights go out <coughs> in the corridor, and is like, it, it suddenly is. Yeah, starts, his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, you that's know, good. It's got moments in it, but it's not. It's not Ghostbusters. It's no, not. Go- and no. like, you don't get those moments in it, like, like when you see, you know, the, um, Sigourney Weaver. And Rick Moranis turning that you know that, that that chase with Rick Moranis, where he's being chased by the terror dog before yeah. he becomes possessed, and he's banging on the restaurant window, and then he's, he turns around, you hear him screaming, and everybody watches him, and he collapses, and then they all turn back to their food. The do nothing um, patrons of the restaurant yeah. I have in my notes because <laughs> they literally stop, the music stops, yeah, and as he slides down the window, they just go back to normal. Yeah, like nothing has happened. Yeah, nothing is at all. And I mean, like you know, and that that scene I talked about it, where you know, a rug to the start, the scene where Sigourney Weaver is possessed becomes possessed. Yes, frightened the shit out of me as a kid. Uh, I I love the part where she goes, "Are you the keymaster?" And he goes, "No." She slams the door, and he looks through the peephole. Yeah, and then he knocks the door again. Yes, I, and then he like you yeah. know he blags his way in, and she says, you know, I am Zool, and you know explains you know the the backstory and the, yeah the goo everywhere and all the rest. Yeah, and I mean the the fact that this gets delves into like eldritch horror, you, the, the fact that and you know nobody sort of now because Lovecraft is very very you know is very popular, people would have been jumping mm. all over it. But this is you know this was like. This is 84. People weren't really, you know, you know, nerds like, my, you know, nerds, you know, probably literally nerds were into, knew about Lovecraft and, you know, EC Comics and all those kind of things. But this like wears its, its, its sort of heart and its sleeve. And then you get this sort of, you get this backstory about this doomsday Evo Shandor, you yeah. know, and he decided yeah. that, you know, like uh, civilization was too sick to continue after World War One. And you get this whole doomsday cult thing. And then you get this sort of, you know, the fact that they just three guys or four guys, sorry, have just stumbled into the middle of this. 
at that time. At that time. And, you know, yeah. and, and like they talk about, and like even where he says, you know, that, that scene where they're in the prison, they're in their prison cell <laughs> and they're all, they've got the plans laid out. <laughs> and he says, you know, and, and, and sort of Dan Aykroyd's going off on one. He talks about like the, 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 the building and the, the sort of the metal work and all that. And, he's, and Bill Murray says, now pretend, Ray, that I don't know anything about metallurgy or physics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You never studied. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> uh, but all of that, all of that is sort of built into it. But it, it's never like hitting you in the face. It's never no, like bang, no. bang, bang, bang. How no. clever are we? It is, yeah, you know. It, yeah. And that's the thing that for me brings sets Ghostbusters apart because it could have been massively convoluted. It could. Oh yeah. It could have been. It could have been shonky. Oh god, yeah. But this is like. It's like a Cadillac. It just it just glides. Yeah. It glides the way through. It is it's just it's just a film. It is a magnificent film. It's you know and like even the scenes between William Athen and Bill Murray, you know, that back and forth with them. And you get that sort of you know and one of my favourite points is it when um Egon completely snaps and they're outside of the, the building. And he goes, he, he goes for Walter Peck. And he goes, you mother... And it's like he's on top of him. <laughs> and then they, they've got the ghosts blazing out. And that, that's yeah. where all the all the ghosts have been released. And, and timed with that music at the beginning is so well done. And then you yeah. get the explosion and Sigourney Weaver's character is there. And he's got this yeah. beautiful wide shot. Yeah, um, it's, and, it's brilliant. It looks amazing. And you get then the meeting in the mayor's office... Yes. And I love, I love, right, Walter Peck is going, uh, this is a light show with smoke and mirrors perpetrated by these guys. And the one guy goes, the walls of the 53rd precinct were bleeding. How do you explain that? And that guy has and, got an amazing voice. <coughs> yeah. The walls of the yeah. 53rd precinct and were bleeding. I love, I love, I love, I love when <clears throat> the, the, the cardinal walks in. Yes. Oh, your eminence. eminence. Yeah. How are you, Lenny? You're yeah. taking a beating here, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says to him, he says, you know, if we're wrong, Bill Murray's going, you know, if we're wrong, we'll go to jail quietly. We'll enjoy it. And then he's... <laughs> and, but if Lenny, if you're right, you would have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. Registered voters. <laughs> and then Walter Peck's face comes in and goes, you're not actually buying this, are you? And he just, that little moment when he's pondering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get him out of here. Yeah. And he says, I'm <laughs> going to miss, miss him. him. <laughs> <laughs> now, we obviously haven't talked about one of the char- major characters in this. Is old Stay Puff. The genius idea to make. the ma- One of the, the, the bad guys, the big bad yeah. for want of a better word, a giant marshmallow man. I mean, yes. genius, genius. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the the image of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man trampling down that avenue in New, in New York City. Yeah. Trampling everything underfoot. Yeah. Well, in your wildest dreams. But, it's, ever... but this, again, it goes back to the clever, just the cleverness of the writing and the setup for that gag, 
when yeah. you know he said you know clear heads clear heads you know just, if, if we think of J. Edgar Hoover then J. Edgar Hoover will appear just clear heads and then he goes it just popped in there and he goes what Ray what just popped in there and he's like I couldn't help it what have you done what did you do and like, they, they're all running and look and, and then it appears <laughs> It appears. You you hear that like slight roar? Yes. That, that noise it makes, isn't it? And he goes, "It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow." Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even, you know, one of the things that was quite interesting about this film was on a tight schedule uh, to get released, and when they first had their first screen, lots of the effects weren't in it, mm-hmm. um, and one of the effects that weren't in it was the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, he wasn't there in that screening, but people still went with it. People in the audience were still going. The only properly completed effect for it was the ghost at the beginning, the librarian ghost. That was the only completed effect at the time. Well, that, that should tell you everything, then, shouldn't it? Because yeah. there's a famous story about um, George Lucas did a screening of Star Wars. Yeah. Without any of the completed special effects. Yeah. And what and for the uh, X-wing sequences, he cut in um, dogfights from Second World War. I think yeah. It was. Yeah. And the cast and sorry, the audience members was Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, and I think um, John Milas. Yeah. Might have been in the audience, right? Yeah. So he screened it, and after he said, "Right, I want your honest opinion." And Coppola, Milas, and De Palma couldn't get their heads around it. It's yeah. like, well, this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and and he's like, "Well, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that." I did special effects, sound effects, etc. And the only person in the room who said, "George, you've got a smash hit on your hands," was Steven Spielberg, because he could see in his own mind's yeah. eye. What George Lucas was aiming for. Absolutely. Compared now to that screening without the completed special effects. Yeah. The 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 chemistry the, the on the screen chemistry has pushed that film. So the special effects without don't deter from it. Yeah. That says everything. That says everything to me regarding that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one of the things that sort of like strikes me in this film is this is a film made up of so many big set pieces but they yes. but they put together with so many wonderful minor personal touches like you said about the hand on the back one of my favorite yeah. moments in this is again with William Atherton and Bill Murray where Bill Murray shakes his hand and he's covered in slime <laughs> yeah I'll give you another one as they confront in goes there and it's like right i love this plan let's do it yeah and um they straighten themselves up and you notice ray puts his hands together and sort of jiggles yes in the bass of the pack yeah to get it just right it's just that warm it's like a warm-up moment yeah yeah and it's just little tiny things in it there's there's one i must mention who and i've written it down the woman who faints against the barrier. Yes. When they're outside the apartment building. Yeah. And the, the minor earthquake happens. Yeah. And the road is upended. Yeah. And cars are rolling. Yeah. 
and there's a there's a there's a woman in at at the, the crash barrier they've set up, and it's the most dramatic faint you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> yes, the extra work in this. Now, the other thing we haven't talked about, which I think is important, is they had a problem with the name. They had a real problem with the name Ghostbusters because there was already a TV series from Universal Studio from the 1970s called Ghost Busters. So it was Ghost Busters. And they could not, they did not, when they started filming, they did not have the rights to the title Ghostbusters. So they had to, so this film could have been called Ghost Breakers. So that yeah, scene I've... where the crowd are chanting Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to film it with the audience screaming uh, with the with the crowd shouting Ghost Breakers, Ghost Breakers, Ghost Breakers, which obviously and like even the sign at the beginning they had to shoot it with Ghostbusters and Ghost Breakers on there. So there was two but the head of um, Columbia at the time, who greenlit the project, halfway through the filming, um, got a new job and went over to Universal. And he was a big fan of the project. But if it wasn't for that bit of luck, they potentially could not have got the title for Ghostbusters. Which impacted <laughs> then later on for the animated series. Because, again, uh, the same people who made He-Man... Um, the animated the animators who made He Man they had the yeah. title they they had the rights to Ghostbusters, and there was one the, the, there was another cartoon of Ghostbusters, but it had like a it was like Scooby Doo, but instead of Scooby Doo they had a giant gorilla, um, <laughs> but then they released it as the real Ghostbusters, yeah, which you know yeah. it's, it's crazy when you think about it the fact that this film could have been called Ghostbreakers, yeah, yeah, um. I imagine it probably would have been as iconic, albeit that it wouldn't have had the... I, the, the song the, wouldn't quite have been the same, would it? No, it wouldn't have been. You know, something strange in the neighbourhood, who are you going to call Ghost Breakers? No, so are, they, are they like breakdancing ghosts? What are they? <laughs> ghost Breakers? Electric Spookaloo? Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> Yeah, but... Now, um, this is, you know, how would you would you say this is a horror? This is a comedy horror, or is it a comedy action adventure? Or how would you how would you say what would you say this is? Um, it's a comedy horror. It's definitely a comedy yeah. horror. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; it is exciting. So you know, it could be an act classed technically as action. Yeah. But it's it's comedy horror. Um, given the most perfect script the right people at the right time yeah um everybody every, everybody's on their a game in this everybody yeah. is on their a game on this without without the doubt even even the guy doing the horse rides in Central oh Park, yeah 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 <clears throat> he pulls the cart and I make the, <laughs> he pulls the cart and i make the deals Going back to the scene um, with Sigourney Weaver in the chair, did you yes. note spot the a little nod to another Spiel, to a Spielberg film in there? 
Um, go on. The light dim behind the door is a direct nod to um, the light emanated from the closed door. Is a nod oh, to close okay. encounters. <laughs> yeah. and, and and Wrightman sort of talks about that was his his, his sort of nod. But that scene <laughs> is you know when you've got that that you've got the 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 door pushing in and you can see the claws. Yeah. You know, again, that would be used later on in Friday the Third and uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy's head. Um, they came up the same year, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's such a simple technique. It is yeah. such a simple technique. Or, you know, it's stretch material. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, and it, again, if you think about today, that would have been like a whole, C, you know, CG moment. Yeah. Would it yeah. have been and a, this is... as effective? Absolutely not, no. And I think this is where modern horror film making can fall down is CGI over practicality. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm not tarnishing every horror film made since 1990 with the same brush, but I think the most, the more effective ones are the ones that rely on practicality more so than CGI. It needs to Don't have, get me wrong. it needs to have a visceral feel to it to be impact. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, the ones that have used CGI that have been successful. Uh, the first it film has a lot of CGI in it. Mm. Um, the Conjuring films have got CGI in them. Yeah. But the thing is, they have a creepy story, which is told extremely well. And yeah, and that, and that's what you have here. You have a fantastic. You have a very simple story told really, really well, and put executed by a cast who were on their A-game, from the very and, top to the very, very bottom. Absolutely. And again, I can only hark back. And, you know, you do have to doth your cap towards Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis basically go in. We're going to take a slight back seat. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bill Murray show. Yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it takes a lot of, you know, in terms of ego, being able to step back yes. and let him play Yes. Within, in that universe. Yes. And do it again in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Peter Venkman does have all the best lines in the sequel. Of you course know? he does. Hello. Of course he does. Hello, Dana. Me, me and my sister still text each other every every now and again and go, hello, Dana. You know, <laughs> Val Valentine's Day. Yeah. Valentine's Day line. I predict the world will end on February the 14th. Deadpan to, to camera, yeah. Valentine's Day, bummer. You know, in that in that, in that classic Bill Murray way. No, it's um, everybody firing on all cylinders. Oh, completely. I don't I, I don't think Ivan Reitman's made a better film. I really don't. No, and, and I include Kindergarten Cop in that. I was as just well. about to say, even Kindergarten <laughs> Cop and Twins and Junior. Oh, Junior. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I am. Unequivocally, uh, an Arnold apologist, um, but oh, I, can, I, I can't. I can't. I can't even justify Junior. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, now, is there anything that we've missed? There probably is because we could. We could probably, be for probably days. There probably is. Um, the the sudden introduction of the army. Yes. <laughs> when he asks him, "What do you need? What do you need?" The army. What? Yeah, and they just what appear. What are we going to do? And they all start chanting. Um... <laughs> along with everyone else. 
Um, it does the classic um, sudden appearance of signs, people holding signs yes. that are really well made. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apart, you know, um, there's a million of one things we could probably go on about. Um, but the sheer, sheer joy this film brings. Oh, is God, yeah. Absolutely. Unparalleled. It's, yes. I always remember showing the kids this for the first time and the two of them being totally enraptured and totally and you know falling in love with it that yeah. first time you know yeah it's it's going to be a timeless film oh completely it's going completely. to be it's um i know we've got a sequel coming a, a sequel of sorts coming well it should have been out by now but we all know what's happened this year coming next year from jason reitman yeah Ivan's son yeah um who himself is is a is a very good director so let us let us hope, let us hope that it's at least a good film. I just I just wanted I I hope it does it justice. Yes, yes, because look, let's let's get it out the way here. The re, the Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. I personally don't think it's a bad film. It's not Ghostbusters. No, it's not. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't think you liked it, did you? I, I hated it. Now, I didn't think it was a bad film, per se. Do you know what? Do you know why I disliked it? And it's got Go nothing to do with the cast. It has got nothing to do with any of that at all. I disliked it because it bored me. I think that's probably one of the worst things you can ever, never let a film. If a film is boring... It bored me. Then... It then, bored me. you know... Um, and like you say, the cast, the, the, the cast, cast is perfectly. The cast are, are brilliant. The cast, you know, I think, and ca- the talent cast is, cast is, yeah, cast is great. Special effects are really good in it. In fairness, yeah. Um, I just, I just think it towards the end it just goes into overload of everything. It's just, um, it just, and it's got a, it's got me. a dance sequence. It's got a dance. Why have we got a dance sequence in Ghostbusters? Yes. Yeah. Don't need it. No. Um, but it's not a bad film. But then again, the one thing we've got to sort of lend ourselves is nothing will ever be the first Ghostbusters film. No, of course it's not. It's lightning in a bottle. You will never recapture Absolutely. it. You will never, ever Absolutely. recapture it. Ever. No. Ever, no. ever. No. Now, no. is it worth us giving this a score? No, because we all know what the score is going to be and I'm fed up of giving these films the same score all the bloody time. We... Look, we know where it's going to be, Who? It's going to be... <sighs> At least a four. <laughs> uh, if it's out of four, then yes. <laughs> I mean, this is... Um, this is a, I think, you know, I think the best way to describe it, it is a gold standard film. It is a timeless, timeless classic. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I think sometimes the best thing to do with a timeless classic is to appreciate it and admire it and not dissect it too much and just revel in it because this is a film that deserves to be reveled in and it should be watched at least two, three times a year. At least. Yes. It's... The love that this film has and adoration will continue long, long into the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, um, just perfect. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think? Right, 
out of all the lines in this film, are there any ones in this film that are your just just your favourite? Oh God. Um Listen, do you smell it perhaps? <laughs> um, um I don't know. There's this there's, there's there's so many. It's I tell you what, I'll go with mine. Go on. What he says. Ray, if anyone ever asks you, are you a god? You, you say, say yes. yes. <laughs> oh, there's so many. It's, yeah, it's, as I said, man, it's perfection. It is like you, like you call it, lightning in a bottle. It is yeah. the sum of its parts. It is. It's incredible to think that this came out and Gremlins at the same time. I mean, 1984 was just, in terms of like a year of films, I mean, it is just a phenomenal year. I mean, you like you said, you get Nightmare on Elm Street. You've got, um, you know, I think yeah, Gremlins is 84. I mean... It, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Which Tem- is just... Temple of Doom was... Temple of Doom was the highest grossing film of the year, and this was second, if I'm if I'm correct. Well, for a long, long time, this was um, Columbia Pictures' highest grossing yeah. film, yeah. highest yeah. grossing film, and it is just you know, there we are. You know, look at no, this. Was... You've got you know you Dune. <laughs> Dune episode number which is that who? Yeah, yeah. Um... You had Once Upon a Time in America came out. You had yeah. uh, 1984, The Karate Kid. Excuse me. He says sneezing into the mic. Um, I absolutely adore The Karate Kid film. Oh, the first God, yeah. one. I Police adore Academy. It. <laughs> Revenge of the, the Nerds. The, the, the Police Academy, the only good Police Academy film. Yeah. The Terminator. Terminator, yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course... Um, a film that I was really... I, I still can't believe that it did not win any Oscars at the time. Missing in Action. <laughs> From our good friends, Golan, Golovus. Yeah. <laughs> love Missing in Action. I own it on Blu-ray. It is, I love it. It is just the most ridiculous film ever. He kills everyone. <laughs> Twice. (laughs) (laughs) He went back, didn't he, for the sequel? Well, bizarrely, the sequel was made before the original, before the first one was released. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just thought it made more sense to release that one because they told the story better than the... Yeah. (laughs) And then they did the third one, Braddock. You know, Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984. Yeah. Amazing year. Good year. Amazing year. year. Real good year. So, my friend... I think we've covered this one. I hope everybody enjoys listening to this as much as we did watching it. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's class. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's perfection. And I think any film that permeates itself into popular culture the way this did. Absolutely. And it's still relevant now. Yeah, absolutely. Not, the film is still relevant now, let's say then. But to get into that pantheon... And to be admired and loved still as long as it has, long may it continue. Absolutely. And on that my note, my friend, I think we should leave it there. Mr. Winston, 
hip-hop legend, all-round great guy. Thank you so much for being on. Hip-hop legend? Again? Why? What? <laughs> Take care, man. See you soon. See you soon. As always, I want to say a massive thank you to my brother from another mother, the Valley's hip-hop legend, that is Leighton Winston. Uh, guys, honestly, I love having him on. It's same with Peter and Darren and everybody else who comes on the show. Um, I'm so lucky. I am blessed with just amazing, amazing co-hosts. So, as always, I am so grateful, guys. And Leighton, thank you so much for being on. Um, there's no uh, What the Wookie watched this week because... I have been working on uh, a little something special, our Christmas ghost story. Uh, that will be coming up very, very soon for you guys. So have a listen for that one. So our time, ladies and gentlemen, has drawn to an end. And it's all that is left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Dacula. Good night out there, whatever you are.